Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. For the first time in forever. We're, <laughs> we're recording. We're recording, because it's been so fucking long. Well, I don't know. We recorded... And I listened to the most recent episode, and you said, I'm going home in two weeks. Also, keep in mind, though, we also thought that was episode 14. Like, oh, yeah. we really just need to actually, we always say we're going to get a calendar, have yet to do it. My mom gave me a calendar with corgis on it for Christmas. We should use that. Okay. <laughs> good. I'm, that's taken care of. Then. Okay, good. Well, I'm back from the wedding. How was the wedding? It was all right. Good. No, it was better than all right. I was, <laughs> I was like, let's cut that out. <laughs> no, it was it was a good time. Congratulations to Cece and Ryan. Cece and Ryan. They're on their honeymoon right now. Ooh. Must be nice. Must be fucking nice. Must Where be are they? nice. They're in... I want to triangulate their location. They're in St. Kitts. Ooh, that's nice. What did you do while I was gone? How's your last two weeks been? Listen, if you don't know, I'm really cool. liar liar (laughs) she was like this is the last straw (laughs) she's like i'm out of here how quickly he ratted you out he was like (laughs) he's like this is the moment i break my silence (laughs) this is a geo exclusive Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, fine. Okay, just reword what you said, because we're both going to react the same way. As you may know, I'm really cool. Okay? So, as, um, you know, your average cool person, I went to an NPR National Public Radio trivia night. God, you're such a loser. I know. And I'm going to tell you why I drink, actually, right now. Did you win? No. Fuck no. Oh, okay. I'm not that cool. This is why I drink. Okay. I met the CEO of the local NPR station here in mm-hmm. LA. Right. And a guy at our on our team was like, "Oh, tell me about your podcast." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I have this podcast." Okay. And I told him about it, and you know what he says? Tell me. He goes, "You know, sorry to break it to you, but 
there's this podcasting bubble that you're in right now and it's going to burst. It's like the housing bubble, but it's with podcasts and all these companies are funneling money into podcodcasting, but it's never going to last. And I was like, you know what? This guy's on NPR, by the way. You work in public radio. (laughs) What are you talking about? Which is funny because I read a completely different article recently that said that podcasts are becoming the new TV shows because people aren't watching TV anymore, but they are listening to podcasts either at home or in their car. Walking and a dog, driving. A lot of people are starting to get TV shows because of their podcast, because you can see ahead of time before you actually like sign contracts with someone that they can engage with an audience. Yeah, Lord, just so a fuck TV you. Show. That's well, and then I'm like, I'm going to prove you wrong, Mister. And in you know, ten years, I'm going to rally the troops, podcasters. <laughs> Listen, assemble, destroy public radio. <laughs> Meanwhile, we are public radio. I just had the worst intentions with that statement. I love public radio. The only people I know who listen to NPR are people who like are in retirement homes. Blaze. Okay. Blaze got me the tickets. <laughs> and he got some socks. He donates to NPR. Tell me why you drink. Okay, first of all, I, I'm going to answer the question that you won't ask of it what looks, I'm drinking. It looks like a venti. It is a venti. Good for you. That's Gio. He's drinking water. It's like, I want to tell you what I drink, not M. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know if you know this. But currently, the s'mores frappuccino is back out at Starbucks. I do, because I went there today. It's my fucking favorite. Is it? Like, last year, I think last year was the first time the s'mores frappuccino came With out. With the cookie straws. It was a whole thing. Oh, I didn't, even, I didn't even know about that. I haven't got had the cookie straw. I have the green straw, like normal. Actually, today, I don't actually have straw, if you can tell. That's why you, I stirred my listen, frappuccino with a knife. She has a knife in her <laughs> frappuccino. Yeah, I forgot to get the straw. She goes, I'm normal. I have a green straw. And I look over, and there's a knife inside her frappuccino. Yeah, that was... A, I shouldn't have said that. So, uh, basically, I've been looking forward to this all night, and I got this frap probably two fucking hours ago. I but think it in, was longer. <laughs> in between traveling here in traffic... And then sitting here with you and then talking for endless hours. Not only is it melted, but then I just tasted it and they put the coffee stuff in it. <gasps> the Java, whatever. Like, I, I asked for the s'mores cream version because I don't oh, like coffee no. flavor. And I just tasted it and it's like, oh, that's coffee. I'm my... like weirdly sad about that. Well, I just like now I have to like now I just for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to drink it. I have some Halo Top. No, it's not the same. They're not sponsoring us. They're not. So I'm not going to eat it. Also, I'm drinking, um, the other reason is because we are finally shipping you our gifts. Okay, we're so excited! Uh, to the, the $10 donors. We're so excited. We have a whole box right here and lots of surprises and fun stuff. We finalized everything. Pretend it's Saturday or Sunday. Shit. When do we hear this? Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Tomorrow then, Let me Monday. get my Corgi calendar and we can check. <laughs> so tomorrow, Monday, uh... We will be shipping these. Worst yes. case scenario, Tuesday. It's so depending coming. on where you live, hang on. You should see the Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> We've been putting... Also, keep in mind, this is our first round of stuff. So, like, if you decide that you have a problem with some of the stuff that we sent you, <laughs> sorry, first of all. First of all, fuck you. Second of all, fuck you. Third of all, the next time will go so much smoother. But this was our, like, college try at, tr- at trying to yes. send merchandise to people and we have no fucking clue what we're doing so we are trying and we we want we're gonna get better yeah and we really wanted everything to be like perfect so there are a couple like misfires where we were like not good enough not good enough so we're trying to really make everything like prime primo 100 percent. every time we tell you that 
merch is coming it's because merch was done and then christine told me five more people wanted something <laughs> but also because we were like what if we add this to the packet what True. if we had this what if we had so this? what we're trying to tell you is we are now setting a deadline anyone as of right now when you are hearing this assuming you listen on sunday because you're so loyal and just can't <laughs> wait until this comes out um up until right now anyone who has donated will be getting stuff in this first round of merch yes but from now on the deadline to get a gift box from us when you first donate will be uh, every listener's episode. Yes, so monthly. So, yeah. so the first of every month is your deadline to sign up to get the next round of merch. Yeah, just so that we, like, don't send stuff. I can't do that. I, I can't do it. <laughs> because why I'm I drink. having a breakdown. And <laughs> it's why I drink. <laughs> anyway, for those who would like to donate and get a gift box from us and Geo, you can find us on Patreon. Uh and this is the $10 donators. There's also 2 and $5 donators as of right now. Yes, there um, are. And we have some, like, new stuff we're brainstorming, adding. We have a new, like, super secret private Facebook group that only Patreon. Uh, if, you want, pa- if you want to talk to us personally via Facebook. Oh, yeah. We just kind of have to donate. We have little debates about wine versus milkshake, you know, all the good stuff. Murder, ghosts. Um, and my mom is on there, so that's fun for everyone. And so is Em's mom. Yeah, so, yes, she is. So Linda and Renata are there waiting She's for you. She's made her voice known already. <laughs> She's like, I'm here. Um, okay, so one of the things, there was this girl who messaged me. This is so random. She was listening to our podcast, and mm-hmm. she heard me mention Two Girls, One Pup. Right. And she messaged me, and she was like, oh, my God, like, I'm friends with Monique, who <gasps> is the host and, like, producer of the show. And mm-hmm. I was like, What? And she goes, yeah, I was just listening to your podcast and I like, no, I heard you mention it. And I was like, wait a second. And I'm like, I like, I'm their social media person. And she was like, what the hell? That's amazing. Moni, I like text Moni. She's like, oh yeah, she's already like texted me about it this morning. But (laughs) I was like, that is crazy. Anyway. Um, so yeah. So we've been working on the two girls, one pup cast. If anyone's interested, my mother texted me and asked me what, Two Girls, One Pup is in reference to. Don't. She said, Christine said in the podcast to not ask what it means. So what does it mean? I set everyone up for that yeah. failure. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was my fault. So happy belated Mother's Day. Happy belated. <laughs> Listen, Mother's Day is over. You can Google it now. Yeah. Don't blame us. <laughs> so shameless plug. If you want to listen to comedians talk about their dogs, like. Two Girls, One Pup? Two Girls, One Pup cast. Pup cast. Aw. Get fine. it. Got it. I got it. <laughs> anyway. Shameless plug. Uh, a girl named Laura message us from iceland so we Shut have a, the fuck i know up. and i love her and she's in iceland and then this happened today was that all of that's just someone wrote to us from iceland i just was so excited okay she was like hello from iceland and i'm well, like hello now we all know christine's favorite country hello iceland we get people from everywhere <laughs> guess iceland's the top of your sorry, list sorry kazakhstan we're but, gonna talk about iceland it's okay just tell me someone's from canada and i'll lose my mind the next thing is <gasps> someone from canada wrote and said oh there is a colonial like type place in canada that you can visit shut up i know mother of god i forget her name because i didn't write it down but when you <laughs> it, said her it, name don't tell me because then I'll, I'll hear it and it'll like it'll make something click in my brain then i'll know i'm supposed to marry that person you know elevator music okay so sarah messaged us on facebook and she said hi christine m canadian listener here mm. um this last episode has made me feel like it's my time to shine parentheses also finally get the courage to message you cough i'm gay cough (gasps) oh literally this is okay here's what's about to happen wow i knew since i was little that i'm gonna move to canada 
And I used to always joke to my mom, and I was like, maybe there's a girl in Canada that I'm just going to, like, have my feet swept off of. Poor Sarah. She's like, wait, 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 Sarah, wait. I've already arranged our wedding, so <laughs> good luck. Like, she's like, this is not what I intended. <laughs> good luck dealing with all of this. Um, she says, this does seem like the girl for you. She goes, I'd like to inform you that if you're in the mood for some colonial ass scenery. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> I would suggest the old port in Montreal, Quebec. It's got all the fun of a big city with coffee shops and art centers. My personal favorite with a U. Mm-hmm. A little being oh, a little wow, place that is Canadian that only sells wooden dildos. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. whoa. Goes, I don't know. The concept is just so funny to me. That got very X-rated very quick, Damn. and I'm into it. You guys are gonna have fun. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sarah. Holy crap. We're putting a lot of pressure on you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, okay, I took it too far. <laughs> I'm sorry. She just oh, thinks it's funny, that's all. Oh my god, I'm sweating. That and was so And so do you, funny. and then I just made it really weird. I'm sorry. Oh no, that okay. was... I mean, no matter who said it, like, anyone could come up to me and be like, I know a place with dildos on the wall, and I'd be like, hmm, let's talk more about that, because <laughs> it's very interesting. It's very interesting. <laughs> it's something I would be curious like, to say. who makes handmade wooden... D- okay, anyway, let's do not like, go on that I tangent. think of, like, an old, like, an old, like, grandpa on the porch just like whittling yes. dildos like in a colonial type house oh yeah so that's what the pilgrims did so. i know that's probably actually, why actually do you think that's what they had to do em i think that's probably they didn't have silicone that's why you want to go back probably you're like i miss those good old days with the wooden dildos <laughs> oh yeah but then my dumb ass would have probably like sword fought with them or whatever something. they had like, in egypt that's what i miss the Let's pyramids not. i'm oh dildos <laughs> <the> pyramids <laughs> <laughs> mom i'm sorry very mom. regal oh my okay <laughs> anyway all right she says but then there are also gorgeous buildings cobblestone huge cathedral there's blah, blah, i blah. love a good cobblestone i love cobblestone. i love a good cobblestone Me too. um anyway she says anyway i hope you have a lovely day thank you so much blah 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 it's my favorite thing to listen to stay spooky i love her very very much thank you perfect i love you sir all right well christine that's where i'm having my wedding all right, that and is... Cobblestone, Canada is what I've decided that place is called. <laughs> With the wooden dildos. With the home of the wooden dildo. Anyway, so that'll be fun for you. I'm excited for your wedding. And, um, <laughs> Sarah, I'm sorry if we've pressured you into it and uncomfortable. Sarah, Sarah slowly went to the volume dial and just lowered it <laughs> bit by bit until she, she couldn't hear us anymore. locked every door in her apartment. Tell me a ghost story. Okay. <laughs> We're all going to learn something tonight, including me, because I wrote this story and I wrote these notes two weeks ago and I haven't reviewed. We are going on an adventure together. So let's hope I did all of the notes in the right order and didn't just scramble them. At the time I wrote this, I'm sure I was ready to report on it. (laughs) And so I didn't care where things were. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so scared. I feel like a kid that's like about to give a presentation that he has no You're idea like a, about. A book report on a book you did not read. Yeah. Or like a book report on a book I read way too long ago and don't even remember the main character's name. So good luck. Godspeed. Buckle up, everyone. And good luck to Christine in the future for editing this garbage. <laughs> good luck to me. <laughs> okay. So this is called, apparently, the Lemp Mansion. What? In St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, I like St. Louis. Good for you. I don't think I've ever been to Missouri. But, you know. Missouri. Now I've got a reason to go. So this 
Mansion, the Lemp Mansion, is one of the top ten most haunted places in America. Are you serious? I feel like everyone you say is the top ten. I think so, too. But when you think about the fact that we've only done, like, 16 episodes, <laughs> I true. think I'm just burning through them, really. <laughs> you can be like, this is a top 300 most haunted places. By episode 20, I'll be like, look, I've already done the most haunted places. I don't know what you want me to fucking do. <laughs> We're done here. All of a sudden, like, my stories won't be that great. So <laughs> let's enjoy it while we can. Uh, this was the home to several millionaires. And then it became an office space and then a boarding house, and is currently a dinner theater, restaurant, and bed and breakfast. What on earth? I don't know either, Christine. What, what the hell? Um, okay, so that's what, what we know so far. <laughs> Here, here's Good. the history. By the way, this is exactly how I gave book reports in school, too. <laughs> You're like, I don't know either. I was such a shit student in school. Like, before college, I did not give a shit about school at all, and every book report was like, Listen, we're all about to go on a ride together. Like, <laughs> I have no clue what's going to happen. My imagination will take us away. <laughs> um, okay, so in 1838, I think it's Johan. Johan. It's definitely not Johan. Okay, so Johan. Johan. Uh, his middle name is Adam, so we'll go with Adam. In 1838. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Johan is not that weird. Okay. Right? Maybe. Okay, whatever. In 1838... Uh, Johann Lemp moved to St. Louis from Eswich, Germany. I was right. Who would have guessed Johann came from Germany? Again, me in school reading my own notes being like, hey, did anyone else know this? You guys, <laughs> I figured it out. I'm so smart. I like crack my own codes. Okay, so Johann, in 1838, he moved to St. Louis and he built a grocery store which sold household items, groceries, and homemade beer. Oh my god, he sounds cool. Which was lighter lager than the darker beers, which were more common during the time. I'm now slowly remembering this story because I intentionally did this in your honor. I appreciate Apparently, that. Apparently, I think this whole thing is about beer. I love beer. I mean, it's just another reason to drink. Thank you. It's I, at least another thing to drink. I'm actually super excited. I remember now it's all coming back because I was like, Christine's going to lose her mind over this. You're just flashing like images of beer. Yeah, all of a sudden I'm Germans. seeing different beer. <laughs> different Germans with different beer. There's like Johan. There's Christine's mom in the back. There's crazy Carl the neighbor yeah. and they love beer. So, okay, so he, he um, made this homemade beer. It was lighter than any other lager that America had seen so far. And his light lager recipe, which was passed down from his dad, was so good that two years later he was able to sell the grocery store and build his own brewery. Shit. Which, if you live in St. Louis now, uh, the brewery is near the current Gateway Arch. Yeah. Do you know about that? Well, the arch, the big famous arch. It's not famous enough for me Are to know. Are you serious? Here, here's the arch. It's incredibly famous. I probably have seen... Oh, I've seen that thing. Okay, sorry. I didn't know that was in Missouri. I know, it's weird because St. Louis doesn't... Like, Missouri seems like such like a southern nowhere state, but St. Louis is like a really big city. But yeah. Okay. Uh... And that brewery, for people who currently live in St. Louis, is in the, it's at the Gateway Arch. Nice. Which Christine just showed me a picture of, so I'm now in the know of what that looks like. <laughs> You're welcome, Emily. Uh, okay, so his lager was the first lager ever in St. Louis. Interesting. And when uh, Johan Lemp needed to expand his business, he found a limestone cave in the area. What? Because those are just floating around. Listen, Em, we need to expand our podcast business. Do you know any limestone <laughs> caves? Not in L.A. I think they've carved through every single <laughs> one of them. He found a limestone cave which was able to keep cool uh, by... He kept it cool by chopping and storing ice from the Mississippi River in it. What the fuck? What an innovative man. <laughs> so, it, so, okay, so he... Tr I'm learning this as I'm reading it, by the way. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> I did not remember this that fact. This is quite a journey. <laughs> so I guess because he was expanding his business, he needed to find a place that had the right conditions for his logger process. And, it was and so in a cave. And so well he found a cave where it's always kind of cool and then he kept he was able to keep ice in there from the river. Holy shit. I know. What year was this? In 1940s. Wow. 1840s. Okay, 1840s. I was like, that seems really late. Didn't like, they have refrigerators? He was, <laughs> okay. he, was a, he was a traditionalist. Got it. Uh, so in the 1850s, it was now called the Lemps Western Brewing Co. But me. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote Co. Like, sure, <laughs> sure for company. <laughs> Co. Co. Mm, Penny. <laughs> fact who knew i'd be doing like basically a history podcast every week because i definitely got a fucking d in history in school <laughs> okay by the 1850s lemp's western brewing company <laughs> was the largest company in the city uh adam lemp died in 1862 though oh no uh so 12 years later and his son william took over and began expanding the brewery eventually covering five city blocks okay oh wow so imagine a brewery that's five blocks long that's huge holy crap and that's also, I think, yeah. Yeah, five city blocks. Wow. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing you standing in front of, like. Just a, imagine me, like, ten years younger and never being prepared at like, school. Like, just in a classroom being like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Imagine my hair a total fucking mess because I didn't discover hats yet. And then my backpack, like, barely hanging on for dear mm -hmm, life. Mm -hmm. And me ready to go home. Because that's how I looked all the time. You being impressed by your own notes. <laughs> being, Oh, interesting. I wow, wonder, you guys are so cool. I was like, I'm really good at this, like, reporting thing. <laughs> um, so by, this by the 1870s, the Lemps controlled the entire St. Louis beer market and continued to do so until the Prohibition. Holy sh Oh, that sucks. Uh, whoops. Womp womp. In 1868, William Lemp's father-in-law, Jacob, built a house near the brewery, which Lemp ended up purchasing and began renovating for himself. And, uh, but... It ended up turning into a 33-room Victorian mansion. Holy crap. With, like, all the money that they had, and he was renovating it left and right. 33-room Victorian mansion. That's huge. From the mansion, there was a tunnel that was built from the basement to the brewery through the town's underground caves. What? What? Where the, are all these caves coming the from? What the fuck? What is it with these old people and all their, like, cave, like underground tunnels? To be honest, though, if I could afford a mansion, I would for sure put a tunnel system under the ground. Valid. To my house, right? Like, we'd just have a tunnel. Yeah, though you could just let Geo out under the <gasps> stairs, and he could just run to and from. He would pee all over that tunnel. He's so handsome. I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to the story. <laughs> So what happened next? <laughs> okay. So, okay, that was in 1868 that they built... They Well, the father-in-law bought the house, and then over time, it became a mansion. Mm -hmm. um, and then the tunnels were all throughout the town, which is so cool to That's me. That's so cool. Once refrigeration was invented... Can you imagine beer being invented before refrigerators? That's ridiculous. Beer was invented in Germany in the either 12 or 1600s, maybe 1600s. That sounds like a German thing to do. Uh, once the refrigeration process was invented, parts of the cave were no longer needed and were renovated into a theater and auditorium. 
Oh. Underground. That's got to be a cool first date. Holy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what were you thinking? I don't know. I was like, that's cool. But yeah. My first thought was like, I could totally woo the shit out of a girl with that. Oh my God. <laughs> Let me take you under the gra- underground. Blaze already missed that opportunity. So. Perfect. That's fine. Uh, once it became a. So parts of it were a theater and auditorium. And they would later also. Oh my God. I spoke too soon. Okay. We're on date. Ready? Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. I've been waiting for this moment. So has my mother. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to take you into the, some caves, which oh, is not shady at all. That's so cool. But I promise you, on the way, we'll find a movie theater and an auditorium. We will also find there a heated pool <gasps> and bowling alley. Shut the fuck up. With access via spiral staircase up to the city street. Shut the fuck up. Where we can look at the stars together and you can fall in love with me. M. I know. Bowling, heated swimming pool, beer... In a cave? Yeah. And a movie theater. I wonder if they were near each other so you could watch the movie in the pool. Like a drive-in, but a swim-in. I just feel like St. Louis is for lovers. By the middle 1890s, the Lemp Brewery uh, created and introduced Falstaff beer. Do you know what that is? Because I don't drink. Can you spell it? F-A-L-S-T-A-F-F. No. All right. Well, there was something called Falstaff beer back then. And the Lemp Brewery created and introduced Falstaff beer, making him famous nationwide. So I guess that was the first one that they could distribute to everyone. Uh, The Lemp Western Brewery was the first brewery to establish coast-to-coast distribution. Shit. I promise ghosts are involved somewhere in this. It's not like me just telling you about beer. This is like stuff you missed in history class. (laughs) Yeah. So William also helped fund the beginning of Paps and Anheuser-Busch. Ah, shit. They were both his friends. Like, oh, that's casual. It's kind of like how you and I were like, hey, we're friends. Let's start a podcast. Except him and his friends were like, let's each start the world's biggest beer company. And make millions of dollars. And yeah. we were like, let's spend $500 and uh, talk into microphones. I know. So, okay. So, uh, it's still ran by William Lemp, who was Johan. Still today? No. At, oh. the, at this point. <laughs> Calm down. I'm like, he's a skeleton owns 200 this. years old? <laughs> So uh, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. Okay, so now the the grandson is um, going to come into the picture, and he's going to take over. So Frederick Lemp, who was William's son, actually died in 1901, and it was his favorite son. He had like ten kids, and this was the only one he actually liked. Oh, the, oh, that's sad. and he died at 28 of heart failure in 1901. Oh, I should also say his son died in the house. Oh, in this like giant mansion. So he was the first death in that 33 room mansion. Okay. <clears throat> um, afterwards, his father, William, was never the same and was rarely seen in public after his son's <gasps> death. That's so sad. Three years later, William's closest friend, Frederick Pabst, oh. hey. Hey, hey, hey. he also died, oh. Oh. leaving William indifferent to the details of running the brewery. So basically, he was like, I don't even give a shit about this business anymore. My, son, my favorite, my only favorite son and my favorite friend all died within like three years of each other. So a month <laughs> later... Jesus. So a month later, in 1904, he shot himself. What? Are you serious? In the house. Wait, and he had nine remaining kids, and he's he, like... He didn't care about I them. don't care. What? Uh, okay. Maybe back then you had to pick one that you wanted to keep, like, alive for as long as possible. It's like if you accidentally got too many of those gigapets, and you were like, I only care about... Right. You yeah. only have time for one. I get that back then it's really because there wasn't birth control around, but I'm going to say that they had so many kids at the time because one of them needed to make it to adulthood. Right. I'm pretending this is like the 1600s. But yeah, I was going to say, I mean... <laughs> I don't know how 1904 worked, so... <laughs> Probably just like that. So another son of William's, who he did not care about... Obviously. Uh, William Jr., who I guess people called Will? 
Uh, him and his wife Lillian, so Will and Lil. That's cute. That's cute. That sounds like uh, Rugrats. Rugrats. Yeah. <laughs> Will and Lil Deville. So okay, so Will is who's the grandson at this point. Mm-hmm. His wife and four-year-old son William the Third all inherited the company and began spending all of the money that the family could possibly have on servants and carriages and clothing and art and just traveling and oh no so they just really just hemorrhaged through all that money oh no okay so will jr and his uh his wife lillian became known as the lavender lady because of her fondness for the color attire accessories and even her horse carriage they were they all were dyed lavender that's weird. You really gotta love lavender. That's really random. In the beginning, Will enjoyed showing off his, quote, trophy wife, but by the end, he was a... T- <laughs> Way to go, past M, with your good note-taking. Uh-oh. In the beginning, Will enjoyed showing off his, quote, trophy wife, but by the end, homeboy was a total fuckboy. <laughs> M. Also how I wrote in high school, by the way. Do you know that you left, I'm sure, the exact same way when you wrote that note? <laughs> As you did just now. Oh, yeah. Now. I probably wrote that, and I was like, I'm hysterical. You're like... And then I probably said, future me will think it's funny. Oh, yeah. And I just proved that right. You, like, patted yourself on the back in the Starbucks you were in. Oh, yeah. When Will began sleeping... So, fuckboy Will is what we're going to start calling him. God, he sucks. When, when fuckboy Will began sleeping with other women and tried to keep Lillian, a.k.a. Lavender Lady, when he tried to keep her busy and away from the house... I remember this fact, as I'm going to tell you, because you're going to kind of wish you were getting screwed over by Will the Fuckboy. Your eyes lit up. Yeah, you ready? Tell me you kind of wouldn't mind being married to Fuckboy Will. I already want it. When Will began sleeping with other women and tried to keep Lillian busy and away from the house, he would give her $1,000, which, by the way, thankfully I did this, uh, the currency today is $27,000. Are you kidding me? He gave her that a day <laughs> and demanded that if she didn't spend it he would leave her i would have the best time i, I would have so much fun the best like time. don't come home until you spent twenty seven thousand dollars and then do it again tomorrow that is precisely what i make in a year how much by the way i make less than that <laughs> i do <laughs> oh no this got dark okay but li- like h- how do you i don't even know how to fathom a life where you have so much money that twenty seven thousand dollars is like giving someone twenty seven it's like go spend this money that's like giving someone like meal money for an hour being like go buy some ice cream yeah no wonder she dyed her horse carriage as lavender uh, like what else are you gonna do so anyway that's what she was up to while he was sleeping around uh, when not at the brewery, he would hold lavish, this, I feel like maybe I was fuckboy Will in the past, when not, <laughs> in a past life. when not working at the brewery, he would hold lavish parties in the cave pool. Oh yeah. Below the mansion with his friends and all of St. Louis's prostitutes. He was like the original playboy. Yeah. He was, he, like he was Hugh like Hefner. Yeah. He was Hugh Hefner before Hugh Hefner. Underground. Ooh. Oh, hipster. Hipster Hugh. Hipster Hugh. Hugh. Um, eventually Will got one of his sex workers pregnant. Typical. And to this Jeez. day, there is no official documentation that this son ever existed. I remember something really shitty coming up after oh, this. Oh, no. We'll find out together if that's true. All right. We can hold hands if you want. Aww. <laughs> Get through it together. My mother's like, hold her fucking hand. Hold her hand. <laughs> <laughs> eventually. Okay. So eventually Will got one of the sex workers pregnant. Um, there's no official documentation that the son ever existed. However, there are rumors that this boy was, uh, okay. I was right. Hidden in the mansion attic and, and the servants' quarters for his entire life. Um, 
Which, and this story has been confirmed by former nannies and chauffeurs who worked no. at the mansion during this time. It gets worse. I remember it, it getting worse. Oh, no. I remember reading the notes and going, <gasps> and oh, no. I haven't done that yet, which means it's going to get bad. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I was right. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> he was apparently hidden from society because he was born with Down syndrome. <gasps> Baby. Mm. Oh! And was considered, quote, a total embarrassment to the <gasps> family. And he was hidden to hide the lemp's shame. That's that. Um, oh, here's the part where I gasped because he was known as the monkey face boy. M. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm losing my. I'm sorry. Mind. I'm sorry. I didn't. I just wrote the note. I should have maybe just not written it. Anyway, there's the full information for your, people. Your grade is dropping as we speak. You know what? I'm only here for accuracy. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> So he was known as Monkey Face Boy and was hidden his whole life. In 1908, Will filed for divorce and it became a major St. Louis scandal and front page coverage in every newspaper and crowds and uh, and crowds were surrounding the courthouse during each session. Can because, you imagine if a fucking divorce was a big deal nowadays? Well, first of all, yeah, because the town was so small, but they were also the richest people on earth probably at this time. Yeah, but now it's like, oh, it's a blip on the like news radar. It's not like we're going to gather on the really? divorce because when, court. Really? Because when... When Kim Kardashian broke up with Chris Humphreys, I remember every detail of that story. Yeah, but it's not as exciting as, like, other shit, like her sex tape and shit like that. Like, True. that gets more But if, se- if tape existed back then and they had a sex tape of Fuckboy Will, that would... that's what I'm saying. That would have blown their fucking mind. That's true. But also imagine how bored you must be like, in 1908. Ev- totally. Like, so, obviously, everything's going like, to be a big deal. This is the greatest thing that ever happened. <laughs> okay, so, because of a photograph that was... Pr- oh, sex tape... Because of a photograph that was presented at the trial... Oh, no, it's not. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You predicted your own notes falsely. (laughs) Incorrectly. Why I got a D in history, by the way. Jesus. In 1908... Oh, we'll file for divorce. We know that. Because of a a photograph that was presented at the trial of Lillian smoking a cigarette, she almost lost custody of William III. Because she was... What? Because... Uh, oh, be- she was considered unfit for custody because of, quote, Victorian female infractions, such as cussing, smoking, and wanting public attention. And they assumed she wanted public attention because everything she did was lavender. Lavender. <laughs> so they were like, mm, okay. I mean, think about fucking Mad Men when they were all pregnant and smoking and drinking and it was, like, cool and casual. Yeah. Just so weird. Anyway, she was written up for Victorian female infractions and they thought she couldn't take care of her Victorian son. Victorian um, I also wrote, fun fact, uh, although Lillian always wore lavender, the only day on record that she did not wear lavender was the day of her divorce where she wore all black. And then I want to prove to you that I actually wrote in caps, hashtag petty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like how you think you have to prove to me that you wrote has, as I if feel, I'm not going to believe you. In 2017, I guess I'm just like more equipped to write a tweet and so i just hashtag my own notes every line of your notes are like 140 characters or less yeah and like three emojis and have hashtags not only uh, okay so the divorce is going on with will and his wife but two years earlier will's mother also died in the house oh no so that makes four deaths now sure um uh and nine of the breweries in the area merged and formed into independent breweries um, an independent breweries company, which was the first real competition that Lemp ever had to deal with. 
So slowly the brewery began to decline and World War One happened. Oh. Um, so the business like barely was even there. By 1915, he built a country home and married again, but this time to a girl named Ellie, who was the daughter of another brewer. So everyone's just like oh. beer merging. Um, four years later, the prohibition came and Lemp lost all of his business. And without telling his workers, he literally just locked the doors of the company and walked away. What? Like, they had to show up that day at work to find out that they just didn't have jobs anymore. Oh, my God. Will's sister also lost all of her money, and so she committed suicide in the same house with the same gun that their father killed themselves in a couple years earlier. Um, Thank God for therapy. So that makes six people dead now, or five people dead in the same house. Five, yeah. When Will heard she shot herself, he replied, that's the Lemp family for you. Okay. Because everyone's killing themselves. Everyone's killing themselves with the same gun, by the way. It's just like the in thing to do. By age 42, Will also fell into a depression and shot himself in the same building that his father shot himself in 18 years earlier. He was only 42? With the same gun. Oh my god! So three guns killing three Lemps. One gun killing three. Yes, right? you're, you're oh. right and I'm wrong. At the time, what his, else is new? At the time, because I guess from like after he sold, after like an estate sale and everything, they sold everything and found out his net worth. Even though he was bankrupt, if they like sold all of his belongings, sure. his personal assets came out to ten million dollars then. Holy, which crap. is eight one hundred eighty million now. Holy crap! So William's brother Charles eventually remodeled the mansion from office space back into a residence and lived in the house um until monkey boy died that is just i know he didn't even have a name literally there's no name on record that because he wanted to scream remember there's no official documentation that he ever existed that's disgusting so he also died which makes i think six or seven people in that house now and he was buried that's fucked up he was (laughs) he was buried in a field outside of the family graveyard with a small flat marker that only had his last name on it. I'm... So it just said Lemp. In 1949, Charles became the fourth member of the Lemp family to commit suicide with the same gun in the same house. Holy shit! But not before going to the basement of... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But not before going to the basement mansion and shooting his dog. What is wrong with these people? It gets worse. Though he was shot, the the dog was shot in the basement. He was found halfway up the stairs. <gasps> no, no. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Why? Is there more? I'm gonna kill you in five seconds. Plug, <laughs> plug Gio's fucking ears. I am. I'm rubbing them right now. He's so handsome. I don't. He's I, so handsome. I don't like it. What happened? Um. Okay. So that's how that dog died. <laughs> um. And so that makes, um, I think, seven or eight now. I Like, somewhere in that zone, people are dead left and right. And they're all from the same gun in the same house. Will's youngest brother, Edwin, however, when he moved out of the house at 18 and decided to work in real estate away from the, the beer company... Smart boy. Uh, he rarely spoke with his family, and by 1970, Edwin had lived a long and happy life in his rural country estate, only to die at 90 due to natural causes. <laughs> So, Edwin is the bomb. Edwin is that guy in every movie that's like, we got to get the fuck out of here before a vampire or a ghost or yep. an alien comes and gets us. Edwin's like, I don't know what's wrong with all y'all, but I'm out of here. 
After the death of Charles Lemp, the one that shot the dog, R.I.P. Fuck you, Charles. The mansion was sold and turned into a boarding house. Residents complained often. Here are the ghosts, finally. Thank you for hanging in there with me. (laughs) Everyone needed to... Well, Christine needed to know about the history of beer, honestly. And I had a lot of... The rest is for you guys. A lot of questions. After the death of Charles Lemp, the mansion was sold and turned into a boarding house. Um, Residents complained of ghostly knocks and phantom footsteps throughout the house, making it harder over time to keep tenants, making the building regularly vacant. Because the building was so regularly vacant, it started deteriorating too, which meant it was even harder to upkeep and was just generally looking creepier. And the mansion was purchased and renovated by a man named Dick Pointer. (laughs) I guess if we're trying to make it sound more like a name, it's Dick Pointer. I like Dick Pointer. Yeah, but he's a, a, for sure a dick pointer. He's a thousand percent. He was born into it. And William Lemp Sr., so fuck boy well, mm-hmm. in his room, guests have reported hearing someone running up the stairs and kicking down the door. And that's because when his father tried to kill himself, um, Will was said to have ramped the stairs when he heard the gunshot. <gasps> and when he found the door locked, he started kicking it in. Can you imagine those sleeping and hearing the door getting kicked down? Oh. And oh my god, yeah. You know, that would like be a, terrifying. Um, and then uh, several years ago, a part-time tour guide reported hearing the sounds of horses outside the parking lot, which is where the horses used to get tethered up. Oh. Um, and ever since then, other people will often hear horses and neighing and, Ooh. like, horse sounds. Horse sounds. <laughs> Aren't you from the South? <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, horse grunts, and then I knew you were going to be like, what's a horse grunt? And then I was going to have to reenact it. You are going to have to start grunting. So I just said horse sounds. Okay. Um, there's also been slamming doors and screaming to get out of the property Ugh. from, like, either behind you when you're standing or even from inside the walls. So, like, if you feel like you're safe because, like, the wall's against you, people will scream through the no, walls to get out. that's awful. Um, people have been shoved across rooms. And into certain areas of the room where that were like popular areas from like certain people living there. So like they would push you away from the places that they liked sitting. Oh, I got you. So like in the part that used to be an office, they would shove you away so you couldn't be it's near like, them. Get out of my space. Yeah. Um, many people have also heard crying upstairs <gasps> from all the babies that have been raised there. Oh no. And the drawers of the dresser that belong to the limbs will open and close on their own in front of you. Oh, no. Not even when you're turned around and you come back. It's like in your face they will do it. Yikes. Uh, And uh, the current owner once once watched a candle light itself. (laughs) What the fuck? Fuck that is what I'd say (laughs) to that. Uh, People on the street have been... People on the street have seen a little boy with down syndrome peeking out of the window in the attic stop it and one woman came barging in thinking a child was locked upstairs and when she forced the homeowner to go up to the attic with her nobody was there i'm on i'm going to cry um and then another woman also barged into the house because she saw a little boy with down syndrome crying and banging on the window like he was emma paranormal investigators have left toys in the attic bedroom in a marked spot and the toy is always found in another part of the room and many people can hear him crying upstairs and uh there have been some uh reports of people hearing a little boy upstairs saying don't leave that's as if like he's always by himself and when people finally go see him he doesn't want them um that's when i wish ghosts weren't at all real because i'm like this is just i want him to go be happy Another paranormal investigator felt something tugging on his hair in the attic hallway just outside the boy's room. 
uh, in a way that suggested, like, pay attention to me. And a lot of women will feel like a, a hand grab their arm. Just makes me really sad. Wait, it gets worse. <laughs> in the basement, you can hear panting from a dog. A dog walking up and down the stairs and a chain dragging around. Wait, why can't these why can't these little one these little love bugs just move on and be happy in their new lives? Why are they still stuck there? Well, there's also a white apparition of an older gentleman with a two inch beard in the sitting room. A, I'm sorry, did someone measure it? What is a two inch? beard? A two inch beard isn't that just like a normal beard? I don't know. Like a little too long. Two inch beard. That's really specific. I I agree with you. A strong scent of lavender has been noticed, which sometimes permeates the furniture. So, like, you'll sit on the... And then it'll, like, seep out of the furniture. Ugh. In the woman's bathroom, women complain of a figure of a peeping Tom watching them through and over the stalls. Ew! And when they later looked back, they found out that that was fuckboy Will's bathroom. So he's, like, creeping on girls while they're Dude, in the bathroom. fuck you. Fun fact, this was also the first... This bathroom also held the first freestanding shower in St. Louis. What? I just wrote it, so I'm saying it. A shadow has been sleeping through the... Slipping. Oh, shit. A shadow has been seen slipping through the crack in the bathroom door. Yikes. Yuck. And the locked door to this room has been found standing wide open on several reports. So what is this? What is it now? It's a... Now it's a bathroom, but it used to be his bathroom, like his personal bathroom. But like, what bathroom. is like the building now? It's like a bed and breakfast oh, okay. and a restaurant. It's like a boarding house type yeah. place. Okay. And so... um a lot of girls see peeping toms looking at them when they're fucking fabulous. Uh, the piano on the first floor plays ragtime music when nobody's on that floor, especially when everyone's falling asleep. Oh, that's kind of fun. And drinks have been known to stir themselves. That's oh. Christine in the afterlife. I would for sure just stir everyone's drinks. Well, get this because the glasses at the bar not only move, but they will take flight and break by themselves. Oh, it's like you can see as if someone's throwing glasses on the ground. It'll throw itself on the ground. Okay. I'd like to think I'm not that aggressive in my afterlife, but <laughs> in Will's old office, a male visitor was pushed out of the door of the room uh. by something that he couldn't see, but he was shoved out. Oh God. The paintings of people on the walls follow you around as you move. A Wait, full you mean like their eyes? Yeah, like they'll like they're it'll look like they're always staring. I thought at you me. meant the paintings like <laughs> It's not you. Harry Potter, they're just good. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> um it's not like a scooby doo. I a full apparition of a man sits at a table before yeah. the restaurant opens. I, I don't like that. And when asked what he's doing there, he'll just vanish before he even turns around oh, to talk to you. No, I don't like that. Uh, people who stay overnight sense an angry, silent, shadowy figure um, who's, like, pacing back and forth in front of the sealed tunnel. So, I guess the tunnels are sealed now. But he can feel things walking back and forth as if it's trying to get into the tunnels. Ugh. Uh, white, misty apparitions float around. Back then, in a basement... Oh, back then, eating in a basement was unheard of. So, the fact that people eat on the floor now, like, eat on that floor... Yeah. Like, pisses the ghosts off because at the time it was... <laughs> To them, it's a basement. They're like, how dare you be so rude to eat in a basement? So the tablecloths have been silently torn off the tables, and the tables will, like, move on their own. And when people have their backs to them, silverware will also disappear and reappear in the kitchen or upstairs where the old dining room used to be. <laughs> They're like, this that's, doesn't belong That's here. my petty-ass mom in the afterlife yeah. being, I'll, I'll put the silverware where you should eat. A hundred percent. I'll just let you find it, and then you can eat there. <laughs> The fork goes on the left, the <laughs> knife goes on the right. Often you can hear people having a party under the floor where the entrance to the cave used to be. Oh, that's fun. And in the bar and near the cave entrance, you can smell lager. Oh. Um, people have sensed being stared at so oppressively that there was a burning sensation on their skin. 
and one investigator stayed away and came out with blisters. Oh my god. Not, not stayed away, stayed anyway. I fucking read that wrong. <laughs> See, but, <laughs> I was like, that sucks. But he, he listened. He no. tried. But he, like, he stayed regardless of the burning sensation and came out of the caves, or out of the room with Mm-mm. blisters all over him. Mm-mm. Guests and staff have heard Monkey Boy say, <sighs> come play with me. Um, investigators have also asked how any of the Lemp family members died and on multiple occasions EVPs have picked up the word bang like shotgun and investigators have asked where Johan learned how to make beer and an EVP picked up Vater which is father in German I guess and that's and that is where he got his recipe so those are creepy I'm sorry for like blowing through those but that history took so long holy crap these people have problems I'm so sorry for how long that was no no I'm so sorry for what you're gonna have to go through stop it you want to tell me about a murder before I do, you hate actually. yourself? I don't. No, don't be silly. I regularly, by the way, get texts from Christine in the middle of the night being like, we have to have an hour of it footage and I'm literally weeding through two and a half hours of us talking. How am I going to break it down to such a small amount? It's regularly two. It's been the average has been two hours, 40 minutes that we've got. I know. If they're ever too long, it's because we ramble way too much. And if if it's ever too long, know that it was originally three times as long. So <laughs> be thankful. All right, listen. So I feel bad because someone requested this story a couple of days ago. And I a thousand percent can't remember who requested it. And I tried to find it on Facebook, Twitter email and this is why like i get so lost because i'm like we have all these fucking twitter messages and i tried to dig for it and i'm sorry whoever you are if you tell me who you are i'll mention you next episode but this is the story of christine and leah papin um so this is actually the first episode of my favorite murder that i ever listened to they did this and i was like wow this is fucking crazy and it seemed like when i researched it there was a lot more that I found than what they talked about, but like they did kind of like a good overview of it. Okay. So I was like, I want to get into the details, get into it. So I just told you all about the history of Missouri beer. <laughs> so by all means, I don't get to talk. <laughs> um, so here's the tagline for the story that I wrote. Okay. Lesbians, hmm. incest, murder. Let's go. <laughs> Let's. Oh, that sounds so interesting. That sounds like my favorite Type of Law and Order SVU yeah, episode. Yeah. Yep, that show is gnarly. If you can get like the most fucked up scenario and Elliot Stabler in one episode, it's you're golden. Elliot Stabler is, God bless my oh. golden boy. Can I say something really quick since we're already on a tangent? Absolutely. Speaking of Elliot Stabler, because he is in that new movie Snatched. Uh huh. My mom and I drove cross country out to LA she was like wouldn't it be cool if one day the next time I see you like a year from now you're gonna be making a movie about a mom named Linda and a daughter named Emily going on an adventure together and then literally the first movie job I ever got at my company was working on this goddamn movie about a mother named Linda and a daughter named Emily going on an adventure together and then lo and behold a year passes and it was Mother's Day weekend and we went to go see Snatch together. And I was like, this was the first movie I ever Shut worked on. the front door. I was like, are you God? I was that like, how did you do this? Crazy. Like, and it's so much detail. It's a little creepy because it really does feed right into the story. The well, way, I'm glad I segued right in for you. Thank you. The way that I set it up, it's a little weird that that's exactly where this went. Okay. 
So anyway, um, so I got a lot of this. Uh, I just want to give like a shout out to Jessica Mason from crimemagazine.com because she wrote like a really comprehensive article and it was awesome and I got a lot of information from it. So I want to give her the credit. Um, so let's see. Christine and Leah were two sisters born in uh, Le Mans in France in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. So they had an older sister named Amelia uh, who became a nun, but she does not matter in the story except that well, she was saved by God very quickly. <laughs> she, so, she had to be. She was like, I'm out of here. She was a smart gal. But the reason that I find that notable is because if Christine and Amelia had been close instead of Christine and Leah, it would have been mm. Christine and M. Interesting. And maybe this whole bullshit story would never have happened. Probably. The way that it did. Probably, to be honest. So anyway, these three gals had a terribly, terribly shitty childhood. (gasps) Even in 1900s standards. Um, Their dad was an abusive alcoholic standard. Uh, Their mom... Typical. Typical. Typical childhood. Their mom was just the fucking worst um she was forced to marry their dad only because she was pregnant after christine was born she decided she couldn't handle having two kids so she sent them off to live with her sister-in-law when her third child leah was born um she found out that her husband had raped their oldest (gasps) daughter amelia oh no which i don't blame fucking amelia for becoming a fucking nun after that oh yeah without a doubt um so the mom divorced the father but not because she was mad that he had raped her daughter, Aww. but because he had been unfaithful to her. Oh, my God. And she was convinced that her daughter, Amelia, had seduced him. Cry me a fucking river. Ten years old. Ugh! So she sent her to an orphanage, like a really strict um, Catholic orphanage, which, again, she became a nun. Um, and then she moved Christine there as well. She's like, why, why the fuck not? It sounds like those where I don't blame certain people growing up to like murder their parents. Yeah. It's like, well, I, yeah, I get it. It's like that last one with, um, Gypsy Rose. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like, she, I mean, she, is killing her like really the worst thing you could have done? You get to a point where it's like, you can't survive any other way. Anyway. So then she sent the youngest daughter who was a toddler to live with her great uncle. So she got rid of all of them. She's like, I can't deal with this. Um, so Amelia and Christine... A.K.A. Em and Christine. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Grew really close in the orphanage, and they were very, very fond of each other. Oh. No. How not, fond? No, not like that. Like. It's sad. What, like friend fond. Like they were sisters. They were like best Oh, they were sisters. Right. Okay. Okay. I, well, I don't know. You said, it, you said lesbians and incest, so. All right. Well, fair. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's part, coming. You're right. I did kind of like ruin the surprise there. I was there. like, how close is Christine and Em getting in this world? That's what I'm saying. These two would have been a perfect pair, but. Oh, shit got fucked up. So Amelia and Christine got really close in the orphanage that they both lived in. Um, And then Amelia decided to be a nun. So Christine was like, me too. Which sounds like the story of our lives, really. Like, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, at least 900%. Yeah. Like, you becoming a nun and me being like, you know what? Me too. (laughs) Um, So, but their mom was planning on depending on them for income when they grew old enough to work. So she well, was why like, shouldn't she? She's mother of the fucking year. Yeah. Hello. Support your mother. Um, so she was pissed at Amelia to begin with for wanting to become a nun. So then she forbade Christine from becoming a nun, too. So, like, Amelia was, like, already in the process. And then she's like, Christine, no, you're not allowed to do that. Aww. So you got to be a fucking nun. And I... Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you were saved by the Lord. <laughs> Amen. You were... I was left behind. <laughs> in the rapture. Okay. <laughs> so instead, she forced Christine to start working as a maid. Um, 
mom. As soon as Leah, the younger, youngest sister, grew old enough, uh, she joined Christine and the, said the two of them as sisters started working together as maids. You don't know the story, right? I have literally no idea oh, what you're talking so about. it's so much fun when I tell you stories you don't know. So in 1926, Christine was 22, um, and she moved into the home of Monsieur René Lancelot. Hmm. Jesus Lord. Your dialect's really good. It's not good. It sounded good. Oh, well, thanks. Um, sorry, everyone in France. Uh, so she started working <laughs> as a live-in maid. Um, so the family consisted of him, this uh, retired lawyer, his wife, and their 27-year-old daughter. Um, after a few months, they decided to hire her younger sister, Leah, as well. So they both moved in, and they started working as maids for the family. Christine was the cook, and Leah was the chambermaid. Um, so they would work these 20 to, 12 to 14-hour days. They were only allowed a half day off per week to attend church, which they did. Hmm. Uh, sometimes they would visit a neighborhood medium, which is like a super random... Like, Sounds like something you and I would do. I know, except for the church part. Um, Christine later said, she, this is weird. Christine later said she thought she was her sister's husband in another life. I mean, the lesbian incest thing is just becoming more and more true <laughs> yeah, in my mind. I'm just like, I already like put your brain in that place. Yeah. Um, so any other free moment they had, they would spend in their tiny room on the third floor. It was like the servants quarters. Um, they barely had any contact with the outside world. They didn't have friends, recreation, recreational activities, nothing. They were just always at home or working. Um, but other families, like other bougie families, got jealous because their maids were, and I call them maids because that was the term back then, right. um, were, you know, like fraternizing with other people in the neighborhood and like flirting with boys and going to dances. But these girls were always working and always at home or right. at church. Um, so the family like enjoyed them um, enough to like have a decent relationship. Like they didn't have the worst Mm -hmm. experience um as far as like (laughs) being a maid in the early 1900s um so apparently like the dad though didn't speak one word to them the entire time they worked there instead his wife would give the orders to them but typically only through writing so she would like write the orders to them instead of like telling them so it's kind of like because they were that again speaking to them i don't know i don't know if it was like a lot of shame i don't know if it was like that or if it was like she would like leave them notes of what to do. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what, what it was, but she, apparently they didn't really speak to them. They only like left them written instructions. Perfect. Um, so the sisters were treated pretty well. They were given plenty of food, a heated room, uh, and a meager salary of about $2,000 a year in contemporary currency. <gasps> so like in today's world, in today's world, it was $2,000 a year. That's, it sounds like LA. So basically I get it. As someone who was an unpaid intern for three years, I'm like, $2,000? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, where do I sign? <laughs> oh, my God. I'll do anything. Oh, yeah. Yes. Not to belittle people who make meager salaries. Okay. So, blah, 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 blah. So, the other thing that's interesting is the mother. So, the mother became aware that the sisters were sending all of their wages to their mother. That horrible lady who sent them off right. to the orphanage. Right. She insisted that they stop doing so and keep their earnings for themselves. Right. Um, and took it upon herself to, like, actually tell their mo- tell their mother that, like, they were no longer going to be sending their wages to her. So that was kind mm-hmm. of, like, a very, like, uh, affectionate thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, and after that, the sisters began calling this woman Mama 
as okay. in like their own mother. Right. And then amongst themselves though. And then they called their own mother that woman. Mm. So they like completely shifted Shade. to like this Got is it. like our motherly right. figure. Um so uh so the mo- the mother's treatment of the girls was not always very nice though. Um so she had these like really strict standards and she would do the the white glove test on like furniture <gasps> where she would like that sucks. check it, you know? I mean it sounds like something out of an old movie. Yeah. Um, apparently there was one incident in which she, uh, like Leah had missed a scrap of paper on the floor while she was cleaning and, um, the mom of the family like pinched her the entire time and made her like get on to her knees and like pick up the paper. Um, and I guess Leah after that said to her sister, she had better not try that again or I'll defend myself. Ooh. Ooh. So fast forward, February 2nd, 1933. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, keep in mind, they started working there in 1926. Oh, God. Okay. So this is like seven years later. Uh, Christine is 28. Leah's 21. Uh, the Lancelot women went out for the day, and they planned to meet with the father later that evening for dinner. Mm-hmm. So that meant the sisters were home alone all day. Okay. Um, so one of uh, Leah's errands that day was to, they had a, one of the irons that they used was broken. So she was supposed to take it to the electrician and have it repaired. So she went to the electrician, had it repaired, came back, and when she plugged it in, it blew a fuse. And so the electricity went out in the house. Um, But Christine, her older sister, was like, you know what? Like, they're not coming home until late tonight. We'll fix it in the morning. Whatever. Okay. Um, That's just a fun little side story. So that evening, Monsieur Lancelot was waiting. I'm so sorry to everybody. Was waiting for his wife and daughter at the restaurant for dinner and they never showed up he was like i'm gonna go home and see where they are why what's taking them so long um and when he got there the doors to his house were locked and changed so he chained so he couldn't get in um the entire house was dark the power mm-hmm. was out Perfect. except he saw one candle up in the servants quarters oh my so he found two policemen to help him um break in by climbing over a wall in the back garden so the police go in with their flashlights. Again, the power's out. Uh, the house is still dark. They're walking around with their flashlights. And they find an eyeball on the staircase. Shut up! Leading to the second floor. Oh, my God. On the second floor landing, they find both of the Lancelot women. Uh-huh. Both missing their eyeballs. All four of them? All four eyeballs. Where are the other three? Just out of their bodies. They found around. Mm-hmm, they found one on the stairs, and then the rest were just. Oh my god! Out of their bodies. Oh my god. Uh, and both beaten beyond recognition. Oh no. Oh, I'm sorry. The mother's eyes were found in the folds of the scarf around her <gasps> neck. No way. So the police were like, "What the fuck?" And they <laughs> us as cops, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be the worst cops. You're like, "Holy crap, man!" Oh, shit, where's the other? Oh my god, we'd, we'd be find the worst. every eyeball on its own and be like, and that's why we drink. And that's why we drink. I would bring a flask. There is 100%. no hundred percent. No, no wonder some cops are like, you know, always carrying a flask on them. I it's would like, I don't blame you. I'm What if you find an eyeball on the stairs? If I found an eyeball on the stairs And then you try to move the body and then there's eyeballs falling out on them. Of her scarf? Oh my god. I would never recover. I would never have be able to buy another scarf. <laughs> I'd be like, no. Listen, my scarf purchasing would be ruined for life. <laughs> it would screw up my fashion sense forever. Imagine if you are a scarf person, though. 
Anyway, let's get into it. Imagine if one of these male policemen in the 1900s was a scarf person. Let's. His life must be so hard now. Um, so let's get back to the woman whose eyeballs were out of her body. Okay. Anyway, so the police continued upstairs to the servants' quarters, um, which were locked from the inside with a candle still burning inside the room. They couldn't get anyone to answer the door. So they had to force the door open, and they found the two sisters lying calmly in bed next to one another with a bloody hammer on the nightstand. Shut the fuck up. So they were like, whoa, we thought you were also going to be murdered by yeah, a Yeah, we for killer. sure expected the worst and your eyes not in your face. And you're just lying there in bed together. So they were like, what the fuck is going on? And they were like, oh, we killed them. Oh. And they confessed to the murder. At least they're blunt about it. They were very blunt and they described the entire <gasps> scene. I want to know every detail. In gruesome detail. I want to know every detail. So here's the story. Sometime between 5.30 and 7 o'clock that night, Madame and Mademoiselle Lancelin returned home unexpectedly. So remember mm-hmm. how they weren't supposed to come home after right. their shopping trip. Supposedly, Christine met them at the door and told them the power had gone out because of the fuse busting and that the iron was broken again. According to Christine, upon hearing this news, Madame Lancelin flew into a rage. Ostensibly in self-defense, Christine grabbed a pewter jug... Mm-hmm. And bashed her mistress over the head with it. Her mistress. And that's what they call it. Because a mistress these days is her, the girl she's yeah. cheating on her wife with. I think when they say mistress, they mean like her like master. Okay, gotcha. You know, like master and mistress. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, bashed her. Bashed basically. That would have been much juicier, by the way. <laughs> mama. Bash. Mama. Oh. Mama over the head with it. Okay. Uh, and then the daughter, Genevieve, I think was her name, Genevieve. Uh, came to the aid of her mother, obviously, and was, like, trying to fight off Christine, who yelled, quote, I'm going to massacre them. Holy shit. So Leah was in the other room. She heard the commotion and came running in, and Christine yelled at her to, quote, smash her head into the ground and tear her eyes out. Oh, my. And she listened. So Leah smashed her head down into the ground and plucked her eyeballs. With her hands? With her hands out of her head. With, they half, both pulled out both of the women's eyeballs. Kind of impressive. Like, how do you do that? Up, but kind of impressive. Which is what they said on my favorite murder. They were like, "How does one pull out two eyeballs without?" I mean, I don't have fingernails, but like, right, like even with them, like no. you have to have like some thick, long ass acrylics. But they if were you're even pretending. And you know, they were working women. Like they didn't have like fucking talons they like, probably had like some calloused man hands totally which means they were dull ass fingers like how do you, you don't pop them out like pimples and it's not like they're just casually pulling out people's eyeballs on the reg it's like they just like were like okay i guess realistically you could do it if you didn't care about hurting them when you poke them in the eyes just have to kind of get around it and scoop it out yeah but holy crap like, but I'm, to do two of them too like while the person's alive you know while they're alive they're totally alive so holy anyway Crap. So Leah did as she's told, pulled out both of the... Okay, so she pulled out the one woman's eyes. Uh, her sister Christine pulled out the other woman's eyes. Then, while the two women were still alive, but without eyeballs... Oh, my God. I'm sorry, everybody, who... If you're, like, super... <laughs> I'm... My, I, this is horrible. No one else knows what's happening right now, so, like, I'm just gonna paint a picture, but my eyes are closed and my hands are covering my face. A hundred percent. I'm just rubbing my eyeballs, so thankful I have them. Em's in a lot of pain, and <laughs> if you are, please just... I'm just, 
I understand if you stop listening, but it is the empath in me can just like feel. That's my what I was saying. Out. My face hurts from it. Yeah. So okay, I mean, I know. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Breathe. Okay. So. I'm ready. Then, while they were still alive, they were like, "We need to get murder weapons." So they left them there. Honestly, if someone plucked my eyes out, I'd be like, give me the weapon. I'll do it my fucking self. Kill me. I'd be like, at this point, just get it. Kill me. A hundred percent. So Christine was like, let's murder them. So they found, uh, so they found the pewter pot that they had hit her, hit Chris, uh, I'm sorry, hit the mother with first. And then they found a hammer. And what they did was they traded off the weapons. So they would like, and they told this whole story. Like this was their recollection of it. They told at least a, they're proud of it. A full, just dram- dramatized story of what happened. So uh-huh. they would pass off the hammer and the pot together, uh huh, and just beat the like, women. Trade them back and forth. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm tired of beating her with the pot. My turn. My turn. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, and then when the women were dead, Christine was like, "Okay, now how about we go about preparing the bodies." Quote, as one would rabbits for cooking. So apparently Christine had this 1901 cookbook that she used, which included a recipe to cook rabbits. Okay. And she was like, hey, let's do that. <laughs> let's do <laughs> that. Not? Let's just toss this together and see what happens. Lord help us. Uh, so they lifted the dead women's skirts over their heads, took knives and like skinned them. No, but chiseled through their, like, buttocks and, like, thighs with the knives. What the fuck? And like, then just haphazardly just, like, carved just out chunks like, of meat. Yeah, just, like, violently slashing it. So they're not even doing it, like, <sighs> No, but this part's right fucked up. Listen, plug your ears if you're sensitive. Well, don't... I have headphones over my ears right now, so I can't cover You don't them. count. You, you signed on for this <laughs> when we started this podcast. But if you have children, do not let them listen. Okay, fine. Um, then it turns out the daughter... Genevieve was on her period. So oh my god! Took the blood oh my from god. her and put it all over her mother, as oh my, if oh my god, basting her. Oh my god! Like a turkey. Oh my god! Or, or whatever, like a rabbit. Oh my god. I'm sorry. And just like started, and so they tried to they put their skirts up and tried to like oh. pretend they were rabbits for cooking. I mean, it is. So li- they're insane people, literally right? Literally, like so fucked up. Like, like they're in. They have. They're clinically. Mm-hmm. Like people still argue. Help. Like, what the fuck was happening? Then, they cleaned up the mess and got ready for bed. So, as I said, the sisters immediately confessed to the crime. Uh, Christine did all the talking, and Leah just nodded and agreed with her statements. Um, they did not express remorse and claimed it was only self-defense. Uh, Christine put it as, quote, it was her or us. So did they eat them or they just covered no. them in each other's period blood and then left them alone? Just that. And then put... Oh, so they didn't even really need the cookbook. Oh, no. It, they they just, just, like, used it as a They prop. didn't use the cookbook. They just found later, detectives, like, found a recipe... Oh. ...that Christine often used. So how do... I guess... She didn't, like, use the cookbook as part of, like, the murder. She just but said she was use- but, okay. treating their bodies like a rabbit. I guess if she's, yeah, I guess if she was reporting this to the cops, then it has to be accurate. But my thought is, like, maybe she just killed them and then covered them in their own blood. Period blood. I mean, maybe, but it's still just as fucked also, up. Also, period blood is so much worse for some reason than just, like, I mean, no matter what, it's horrible that they're wiping her mother down with her own blood but for some reason period blood is just like 
so much more intimate. Like, it is. It's like, it's very intimate. I mean, it's pretty intimate to wipe your blood from anywhere yeah. on your mom. But when it's your period blood, it's like something that's supposed to be something like... something really twisted about that. Well, and then the Well, fact- socially, it's like something that's already like taboo to talk about so can you imagine like wiping the taboo all over your early 1900s and part of it was that they put their skirts like over yeah so like humiliating them Mm -hmm. and i think i i think i'm remembering this correctly but there was a whole thing about how when the police arrived they like put the skirts back down because it was like indecent well at least they're respectful cops yeah but it like you totally it, fuck up a crime scene if you're like, don't show the vagina. It's like, well, their eyeballs are missing. Well, it's not like DNA was hanging out around that anyway. I mean, that's fair. But when they took, like, crime scene photos, they right, never right. showed that. And it's like, okay, but that's part right. of the murder. Whatever. Right. I don't know. Um, it's like, yeah, it's a vagina. Sorry. Deal with it. That, yeah. You know, they pluck their eyeballs out. It's just as violent as pulling your skirt over your Right, head. yeah. Sorry. Anyway. I'd rather see a vagina... In a lot of scenarios. Then, uh, but especially, eye yeah. especially compared to eye sockets. A hundred percent. So for obvious reasons, this became a sensationalized case. Um, but the French public, weirdly enough, was like divided on the opinion of what the... Um, Fuck the French. I know. Of what the sisters... Of what the fate of the sisters should be. So some people were like, they need to be killed. Uh, and then others were like, listen, they were like in miserable working conditions, um, domestic laborers. And a lot of people who were actually sympathizing, sympathizers to them were uh, like intellectual elite. So like Jean-Paul Sartre, um, Simone de Beauvoir, uh, Jean Genet, Jean Genet, Jean Genet. Jean Benet. No. Jean Benet Ramsey. <laughs> no, um, I so, mean, I get snapping if people take advantage of you of you for so long i get that but like like throw an egg at their house i just feel like it's kind of a circle jerk of people being like oh but they were like right yeah oppressed and it was a heroic act and it's like they fucking pulled these women's eyeballs out of their heads you really have to hate you don't just like and they weren't doing it in like an act of like we need it like they never said oh we were oppressed they just like did it and were like oh let's go to sleep we're murderers now yeah. Um, so throughout the trial, Christine um, behaved demurely. She didn't make eye contact. Uh, Leah stared ahead vacantly the entire time in shock. Hmm. Uh, while on the stand, the only concern they seemed to have was to be protecting each other. Uh, their lawyers tried to plead insanity, but both were determined to be of sound mind and both were convicted of the crime. So Christine was condemned to death by guillotine um, on the 30th. 30th of September 1933 Mm -hmm. Um, she like fell to her knees when she received this information which is like why are you surprised but okay the court uh, was more compassionate toward the younger sister Leah um, who was sort of judged to be under the power of Christine her older sister and she was sentenced to 10 years of hard labor well she's already done 10 years of hard labor exactly she's gonna gouge more eyeballs out oh just more my regular life yeah oh so keep living got it fine um so while christine was in the holding cell um she grew more and more mentally unstable she had these violent fits and hallucinations depressions she would refuse to eat or drink and would just beg to see her sister Mm -hmm. um at one point in 1933 she attempted to tear her own eyeballs out so she was confined to a straitjacket, and at one point, one of her episodes was so bad that the warden relented and was like, "Okay, you can see Leah." 
Um, and at their reunion, Christine reportedly behaved in very sexually inappropriate ways toward her younger sister. Ooh. Kept trying to unbutton her clothes and kept saying, say yes, please say yes. What? So that's a whole nother aspect that was added at that point that perhaps oh. they were having an incestuous relationship. Yikes. <sighs> um, wow. So in 19, uh, January of 1934, um, the president of France issued a stay of execution for Christine. Uh-huh. And she was resentenced to a life term of hard labor. But after a few years, she was transferred to an a saint, insane asylum in Rennes. Probably a good move. Probably smart. Um, she was there only a few months before she perished of cachexia. The fuck is that? That's apparently where you waste away due to self-imposed starvation. So she refused oh. to eat or drink. She wow. was 32 years old. Really young. She refused to eat or drink. Complete Her body just shut down. You know, to rip the eyes out of someone's face, of someone that you didn't really hate compared to other people, like, that takes a lot of heart. It takes a lot of heart to do that but it takes even more heart to starve yourself i feel it takes like no heart like you just have to have like, like you but you have to want it like you have to really want to starve yourself maybe yeah. i'm also just someone who likes food too much but like <laughs> but like if someone even gave me five million dollars and said starve yourself i'd be like impossible buddy like i'm gonna see food in three seconds and want to eat all of it never you could show me fucking gruel and i would eat it oh yeah yeah, I don't get it either. I don't know. There must... I mean... Ugh. Listen, it's fucked up. She was 32, and she starved herself to death. Which... It's that's, like... That's the one way I can guarantee you I'm not gonna <laughs> die. Like, like, you know how you have no idea how you're gonna die? That's for sure the one you're that like, I'm but not... but I know how I won't. Like, that's not gonna get me. But you know how you're... It's impossible to drown yourself because your body will fight. Like, unless right. you weigh yourself down, your body will not drown itself. Right. I would imagine your body is the same way with food. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine that if there's food in front of you. I feel like maybe, I feel like if you don't eat enough food or if you don't eat any food, before you die, you go crazy. Like, you start losing it. And I feel like maybe, if you're yeah. already, like, on that level of yeah. unstable, then by the time you hit that spot where everyone else is kind of losing it, you've already went overboard. Like, <laughs> you're like, maybe, well. Maybe you're like, oh, yeah. I'm committed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like they were serving in and out. Like, I'm sure it was just <laughs> shitty food anyway, so. Right. All right. Well, anyway, she died. Sad. Oh. By Christine. Not really sad. Not really. Um, so, Leah actually was released from prison early, um, after only eight years, in 1941. And she went to live with her mother. Oh, my God. That crazy lady. You know what? I bet she acted real nice to her, though, after she found out her daughter can gouge eyes out with her <laughs> fucking hands. Like, if, you, if I ever thought I was going to be mean to my kid and then they do that garbage, uh -huh. I'll be like, mm, you're actually a god to me now and I'm not going to do anything it's bad like, to hurt you. My other mom was mad that I broke the iron, so I pulled her eyeballs out. Yeah, and I'd be like, oh, well, I guess I'm garbage now. I guess I'm, I'm just your welcome. I man. bow down to you <laughs> forever, but really. You want a dog? Here's... A whole patch of dogs. <laughs> Here's ten geos just for you. <laughs> um, yeah, so she got a job as a hotel maid under an assumed name for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. She died um, at an un... 
determined death or, with, or an undetermined year. So accounts vary as to when she died. Um, some sources report that she died in 1982, but others say as late as 2001. So crazy enough, like, who knows? She might have been alive 15 years ago. Oh. Um, so as for, like, what the fuck was going on. Uh-huh. So Jacques Lacan, who's, like, a famous... Um, French psychoanalyst and psychiatrist believed that the Popin sisters had uh, folie deux, which is like, you know, shared psychosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the name of a Fall Out Boy album. Oh! My favorite. Okay. You were one of those, like, little emo punks growing up, weren't you? Listen, have I not talked to you about Fall Out Boy before? No. Oh, man. I have Patrick Stump's phone number. I, no joke, um, I legitimately spent... 11 hours finding Patrick Stump's cell phone number and I got it and then I How can, did you do that? Listen. You were born to be an investigator. I know. <laughs> and then I convinced the forwarding service that I was his aunt because I knew his aunt's name. And then I got through to his voicemail. It was a whole thing. What the fuck is wrong with you? A lot and you a lot. be in jail. A lot. I just want to take this really quick moment to shout out to my best friend Renee in Cleveland who is going to law school and also is amazing but also she donates to our patreon and she listened to every episode and she and i had a disgusting follow-up boy obsession and she was in love with pete once and i was in love with patrick stump and we would sometimes just sit on the phone for six hours and just like cry about their music videos because we were psychopaths and what kind of person are you to everyone in high school who had to just like bear our existence i'm did sorry did you look like you were straight out of hot topic i tried in high and i but we went to catholic school so we weren't really good at it so you like wore eyeliner i wore eyeliner and people were like whoa and one time i bought converse were they like the pink ones that had the the black tongues no no i wore gray ones with black tongues and i had black ones where like sharp beat on the like you don't even um, understand me, Mom. This is who I am. Mom, this, this isn't is, a phase. This, this is just me. This Deal is me. with it or bounce. Look at my converse and you'll really get it. <laughs> you'll really get it. Okay. Like follow- I wore converse to my uh, senior prom and my mom still won't let it go. Listen, that's so cool. I wasn't cool enough because I was like too Okay, scared. can you say it louder? So my mom, hey, now that we have so many listeners and some of you are even in a secret Facebook group with my mother, can all of you say that there was nothing wrong with me wearing converse nothing, to my senior prom? Nothing wrong. I wore cheap ass, shitty silver high heels. That's way worse. You would have been like the badass one at my school. Did you ever finish your story? <laughs> Did you? No. No! I'm on the last paragraph, though. Okay. It's the end. That's why I think I derailed. And cut. Um, So, Jacques Lacan, who's a famous famous French psychoanalyst and psychiatrist, um, believed that the Papin sisters had suffered from Folie à deux, which is the uh, Follow Boy album. Right, okay. And also means shared madness or shared psychosis. Okay. Um, do you know about that whole thing? About psychosis? No, no, folie deux. What? Folie deux. It's like shared... Not ma- anymore, no. This- it's like the shared madness of two, so it's like one person will, like, have this psychosis, and if uh-huh. they're really close with another person, they can sort of draw them into the oh, same... Oh, yes, yes. It's, it's really, like, fascinating. Well, they... I've seen studies before where people... Like, it can stem from anyone that's super close. Like, if you and I... See, it's, like, basically just mirroring a behavior. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so but you, it's also getting to know each other so well that you begin to feel each other's feelings. Yeah. And not, like, in an empath way, but in, like, a, 
oh, if my best friend's sad, I'm sad. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, if my best friend wants to kill them, we're so close and around each other all the time that you kind of lose your own sense of self. And totally. Be- okay, which is yes. when, which is when Christine said, um, like pull out her eyeballs and she was like, okay. Yeah. You know, you I mean, become one totally. And like part of uh, some of the symptoms are actually really fascinating. Um, hearing voices, a sense of persecution, a capability for inciting violence in perceived self-defense against imagined threats. So they said it's either them or me. Um, And the last one that I thought was really... Okay, as well as... Wait, this is not the last one, but as well as inappropriate expression of sexuality, again. And there are a lot of um, incidents throughout their whole lifetime that indicate that they were sexually um, related. Uh, And then the other thing that I thought was so fascinating was that those afflicted with this uh, paranoia will often focus on a mother figure as their persecutor. Which is interesting because their persecutor was, like, this mama that they, like, adopted as their Mm -hmm. mother who wasn't their real mother, but, like, they focused their, like, crazed anger on her. Um, And so what happens is one half of the pair will often or will often dominate the other one. So like, it would be Christine dominating Leah and being like, do this Mm -hmm. and she would do it. Um, and paranoid schizophrenia can be difficult to diagnose because like the paranoid person can be, um, can appear really normal. So in court they were like determined to be totally rational, sane. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the insanity excuse did not work or the sanity, insanity defense did not fly because they were able to just seem like so normal. Um, so yeah, it just was really scary and sad and, um, that's it. (laughs) The end. The end. Surprise. Finn. Finn. Yeah, you're right. Finn. Finny. Um, all right. Well, that was, is that not the craziest shit ever? They just pulled their eyeballs out. She's like, oh, pull her eyeballs out. And she goes, okay. I mean, yeah, I'll never forget that part of this story. She goes, oh, This right. will just always be known as the eyeball story to When me. the guy goes, oh, he has this flashlight and he's like, there's an eyeball on the staircase. I'm like, this sounds like a ho- bad horror movie. Thank you guys for getting through this. I'm sorry again, future Christine, for having to edit this garbage. I'm sorry also, future Christine. <laughs> but we really do try not to do this. And yet every time we meet, it just becomes a longer and longer podcast. Man, we struggle. We were so good at first. We started so strong. Um, Okay, well, thank you guys. Until next time. We love y'all so much. You can find us where you've been finding us. Like, literally, if you don't know where to find us now, it's not our fault. Honestly, it's just rude. It's just not our fault. ATWWD podcast is our handle for everything. Everything. You can send us your stories for the next listeners episode, which comes out June 1st, which also happens to now be the deadline for you to donate on our Patreon page. If you would like a gift box from us and Geo, um, you can email us at, and that's why we drink at gmail.com, or you can find our Patreon at, and that's why we drink.com. Please keep tweeting and sending us pictures and information about yourselves because we like being involved <laughs> with you. It's so fun. We love it. We really do. And, and you guys are happy 40,000 downloads <gasps> as of right now. Okay. That's Thanks all I to have you. to say. Thanks to you all. We love you very much. I'm signing off. Okay. Signing off too because God, this is a struggle and I have to go to work and you have to go to work tomorrow. And that's, and that's why we drink. Why we drink. God. Dot com. Bye. Say bye. Bye.
Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' cold K-cup pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be.